And I'm Matt Hanna. And this is Horror Hour with the Hannas. Where we talk about all your favorite scary movies. And today we are joined by a very special guest, Will from the podcast, The Horror Lab. Hey guys. Welcome. Tell us about yourself. Oh, this is the worst. Um, (laughs) I know. (laughs) I am a guy who hosts a horror movie podcast, co-hosts with... uh, Co-host who's not here, uh, the Horror Lab. <laughs> Love scary movies. Uh, I guess I should tell you important stuff, right? I'm married, got three kiddos. I'm getting old. I've got a dog. I've got chickens and ducks. And, oh my god! Yeah, and his biggest fear. It's bad. My wife's biggest fear too. Until she got them, and then that was that. She loves them now. Oh. I just want to eat them. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, Love scary movies, love everything related to horror, have for my whole life as far back as I can remember. And uh, I'm really glad to listeners find you. uh, Oh, gosh. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts seem to be the two biggest ones. Um, A lot of the other ones have disappeared, like Stitcher doesn't exist anymore. Um, You can find us on Amazon Music if if that's your thing. I don't know a whole lot of people that do. Um, Pandora, I guess. I think that's it. Social media at Horror Lab Pod, pretty much for everything. Twitter X, whatever you call it, Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. There we go. That's, that's pretty much all of it. Perfect. I'm still stuck on this chickens thing because <laughs> birds are one of my biggest fears. So <laughs> I think I would pass away if Matt brought home a chicken. <laughs> I I grew up in New York City, so chickens were not anything you didn't find outside of a like you didn't find them outside of a grocery store already ready to be eaten. And yeah. Uh, yeah. my wife is like, Hey, let's get chickens. And I said, well, maybe not. And then she just ordered them. So oh my God. we compromised and I did what she, what she did. <laughs> and that was That's that. Healthy so marriages do. <laughs> yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. <laughs> so um, Hannah, tell us what we're covering today. So today we are discussing split split is a 2016 horror thriller film directed and produced by M. Night Shyamalan and starring James McAvoy and Anya Taylor-Joy. Did you say James McAvoy? Oh, wait. That is his name? McAvoy. McAvoy, my bad. (laughs) Whatever. I was like, who is that? That's funny. (laughs) Okay, sorry, I didn't practice. No, no, you're fine, you're fine. I I was like, I I, I get confused. All right. Good start. All right, good start. Mr. Tumnus. Yes. Yeah. Wow. He is. What's the name of that movie again? Oh, that's true. Yeah. Chronicles of Narnia. That's right. That's right. Um, so let's get into our experience or expectations of this movie. So I know Matt and I, we saw it in theaters. We did see it in theaters. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And going in, we had no idea it was a uh, sequel to Unbreakable. Well, you've never even seen Unbreakable. Yeah. I don't think I've seen what that was. So I, I kind of like to treat that it wasn't a sequel to Unbreakable anyway. So I agree. Um, and I remember really liking the trailers and being like pretty hyped to see this. I think that's why we saw it in theaters. And I will say I walked out. Actually, I, I uh, enjoyed it a lot the first time I saw it. So I did not feel that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like when we saw this, when this came out, like we were still in college uh, yep. in undergrad and I was studying psych and then I went on and got my master's in rehabilitation and mental health counseling. 
and now I work in mental health. So I don't think my opinion of the movie has changed that much over time, honestly, because I've been kind of butthurt with it since I first saw it. Um, what about yeah. you, Will? How did did you like know that going in the first time you saw it? I definitely didn't. Um, and we watched it after it had already been released to streaming. So um, like, like Matt, I, I had no idea of the Unbreakable tie-in. Um, I liked Unbreakable as a movie, but I, I didn't quite... I may be one of the few people that didn't appreciate the twist ending there. Um, I felt like it was a little contrived. Um, didn't need it. From a mental health standpoint, I also work in the mental health field, have degrees and such. And, um, I like the movie. I hated the mental health component of the movie. Yeah. My wife, who is also a therapist, really hated the mental health component of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and we can, we, we can talk about her, like our specific thoughts on that. Cause it, it is a little, it is a little odd. <laughs> I feel like, um, so I had no expectations going into the movie. I had no idea what the movie was about. I was a little annoyed with M night cause I generally am, but overall I thought it was fine. <laughs> yes. I thought it was fine. It wasn't terrible. Yeah. I feel that. I feel like as a film, there's a lot that I like that it's doing and I liked yeah. the first time. But like going into this watch through, I knew I'd be PO'd and I was PO'd. So I want to just kind of get that all out in the open um, before we get into the rest. Because it's just going <laughs> to be like a lingering thing. So this movie focuses on a character who has DID, which is short for Dissociative Identity Disorder. Um, and there's a, some things that this movie does correctly and there's a lot that it doesn't so essentially people who have did um it's characterized by the presence of two or more distinct personality states um it, it used to be referred to and often in media as multiple personality disorder and in the film it's interesting because there are certain terms they use correctly like alters um such as the alters are like the different personality states and they're collectively called a system, which again is a term the movie correctly uses. Um, the doctor in the film, Dr. Fletcher also explains when she's trying to describe like why someone might have DID. She says the brain has learned to adapt to the trauma. And that does seem to be accurate. About 90% of people with the disorder have experienced some sort of early trauma. So um, we've kind of, seen it as a way to cope with the trauma. Um, it is interesting, though, because DID is a disorder that is kind of like widely debated in the mental health community. Mm -hmm. I know I've never had a patient or participant who's been diagnosed with DID. Uh, one of the labs I worked in in undergrad, the doctor I worked under was like, I don't really believe that it's a thing. So it is in that regard under researched. Um, I was going to ask, isn't going there, there as is well. a big debate over whether it actually exists, that's, correct? That's what you're saying? Yes. Okay. That's That was my understanding of it. Yeah. And it is unfortunate, but because of that, like a lot of research doesn't necessarily go towards studying DID. Obviously, like we know a lot of research is going to depression, anxiety, bipolar. Um, I've worked in personality disorder labs, but you don't see the same 
funding going to this. Um, but yeah, so those are some of the things that the movie kind of does right. <laughs> but <laughs> I think what gets really chaotic is then it does a lot that is like buck wild with it. And it's hard to tell when they are getting things right and having like a doctor in the film explain these things. It kind of, if you didn't know better, gets confusing about like what is accurate or what is not accurate. Um, I mean, this woman is literally out here being like, their cholesterol can change between different altars. Or different like, <laughs> Ma'am. <Yeah>. Um, ma'am. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to do with this lady. Um, and obviously, it's incredibly problematic that the character is shown as so violent. People with DID are rarely violent. There are research that does exist shows that they're more likely to hurt themselves than to hurt other people. Um, and there was a study I looked at that showed that about 9% of film and television characters experience a mental health condition overall, not just DID, but um, mentally ill characters are often depicted as perpetrators of crime with 46% of film characters and 25% of television characters that have a mental illness use violence against others, which is incredibly problematic and stigmatizing. <laughs> um, For sure. There was another study I like looked at pretty briefly of that someone did reviewing some of the films where the characters are said to have DID or previously multiple personality disorder. And every character acted violently at least four times. It, either towards themselves, others, or in the space around themselves. And almost every character, except for one in this particular mini study, deliberately and physically harmed at least one other person, which again, not accurate. Mm -hmm. And it's incredibly problematic to show this disorder that is under discussed and not understood as so violent. So it was like, so cringy the whole time. Yeah, agreed. A hundred percent. You know, I feel like there's a, there's potential trauma just in, in receiving a diagnosis, right? I mean, you go to, you're, you're feeling these things, these symptoms, you're experiencing some sort of, uh, whether it's dysfunction, right? Whatever, whatever's going on, you, you go to someone who can accurately diagnose, there's a trauma involved with hearing mm -hmm. someone say you have a personality disorder or a mood disorder, right? And then it, it I feel like the movie just ignores all of that and just jumps to the most, I mean, the idea is pretty extreme, right? In terms of diagnoses, mm -hmm. it not only jumps to the most extreme diagnoses to, to sort of push the movie forward, but it also jumps to the most extreme behaviors within, the, within the yeah. diagnosis to, <laughs> to compel the movie forward. And for a, 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 like you mentioned, a diagnosis that's already under-researched, underfunded, all people have are what's portrayed to them. Mm -hmm. And if the primary portrayal is not in real life, it's in the media, it's in movies, and the portrayal is inaccurate, That's that can be really, really, really problematic at a, a reality level, right? Like person to person, that kind of thing. And so I agree. It it was bad. Um, you know, I, I think I read somewhere something to the effect of, you know, it's it's more likely that a person with any mental health diagnosis is more likely to be the victim of Mm -hmm. a crime or, or, you know, someone's bad behavior rather than the perpetrator of. 
And uh, I mean, I, I definitely see that a, a ton just in, in the field working yeah. with folks that they're, they're victims and they've been victimized and they've been traumatized and they're just looking to make sense of all of that. They're not looking for mm-hmm. revenge or harm or, you know, to, to do all these outlandish things. So yeah, I, I agree. I'm annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> Even now still by it <laughs> for sure. So all that being said, I think we, I, I think we'll probably talk about that more, but I think we probably can move on to 15 second summaries and then one more thing, oh, one more thing say, you want to say. Okay. Like, sorry. The sure. Go off of me. So I wanted to see if how much actual psychologists were involved in the making of this movie. Zero. Like if he gave a shit enough yeah. to, Ooh, that's no. interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, a lot of movies where they reference mental health, like they bring on someone to discuss the impact, like let 13 Reasons Why they talked to a psychologist. They didn't listen to him. Yeah, true. Which is a, a whole other thing. That's a whole bad thing. Disgusting. Yep. Um, but he, uh, Shyamalan had reached out to a clinical psychologist named Bethany Brand, uh, who was a professor. They met twice. And then crickets um and she later after the trailer came out was like what the f um so she reached out to him and was like do you plan to do anything to help the people that you are portraying as dangerous he responded that he and universal pictures were interested in promoting information and support with those with did um and then she was put in touch with universal and then nothing nothing ever again Mm. And clearly, like I would not say in any way surrounding this film, did I see any effort to portray correct information, put research in the right direction. He actually came out and said, we've had no issues from people that have seen the finished film, just zero, before it like came out for real for real. Sir, <laughs> um, it's because he was making a like bozo superhero movie. But it's like it. I, I you know can it's a problem. do that, but maybe don't name it after a real. No, I think that's disorder. I think that's, that's really the fucked problem. up. The way I get around this in my head is I go, yeah. "Oh, well, we don't really know if DID is actually a real thing. Maybe that's how he <laughs> interpreted it too and just used I it." Mean, the problem is, it is like an actual debated diagnosis. It's in the DSM, like, yeah, so maybe just don't. Oh, I'm not saying, yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah. No, I understand. And, and I understand he, he didn't, problem. He didn't portray the therapist in in a great light either. She's I a dumb shit. Yeah, she's she's uh she seems to be super self serving. Like, look at this discovery. Almost like I'm gonna mm-hmm. change. I the think world. that's on purpose, though. I, like, I don't sure. think she's supposed to be seen in a, in a good way. Which is subversive a little bit. <laughs> I feel yeah. like if you've got you know like if you've got a, a major mental health issue the person who can help you is obviously in it for herself. Like that's, I realize movies, you know, they can't, they can't cover every twist and turn of a, a thing of a conversation, but man, it just felt like it was lacking in those, in those areas. Um, 100%. And it doesn't do great things for the field either. When every therapist in film or television is shown as incompetent. Agreed. I agree. I think this is all so funny because <laughs> I agree with everything you guys are saying. But it's also a dumb movie. So it's just- no, but I agree with everything you guys are saying. And then I'm going to say, yes, this is all true. And, and this like movie, movie still kind of rocks. <laughs> uh, so I, I did like it as a movie. Like as a, if you take away those, those components and it was just like, 
this fucking guy just think he he's like he's gonna eat people. Okay, yeah. like <laughs> okay, great, awesome. No, like, that, let's do it. <laughs> I'm telling you, this if, if DID just wasn't an actual real thing, this movie would be like perfect. Oh, I agree. It's I wish, just like I for almost, sure. Like, I wish, they I wish just she made, made something, something up. up. Yeah. Yeah, like it was like genetically modified or some some like yeah. reverse Spider Man bullshit. Like, yeah, use the sure. old term, use split personality or whatever. No, that, that that's would be bad. still that's associated. Still, was, yeah, okay. that yeah. Would be too but yeah. all right, Is there, <laughs> you can complain about it more later. I was saying we should do our, our summaries and everything, yeah. and then I was trying to get it all all out. No, there. I understand. So. Also, James McAvoy. 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 Damn it. I thought I said it right that time. He also didn't try and talk to anyone with the disorder. Yeah, I mean, he's got actor brain. Most actors talk to people. No, I think that's just because you're you're seeing the survivor bias of it where it's like you're seeing the ones that do, you're seeing articles. The ones that don't, don't, you're never hearing anything. Most people who are like up for a major award, when you read about their process, they're like, oh, I talked to this person. Yeah. yeah, I bet that's. We're not even shit. like full. Me- <laughs> like they've at least spoken to a relevant human. Do you think that Gary Oldman spoke to people with dwarfism for Twinkle Toes? Well, that is just a whole different thing. That I. <laughs> well, have you heard? Of, have you heard of this movie? No, I haven't. There's there's a movie where Gary Oldman plays Matthew McConaughey's brother, and they're all um, they have dwarfism, and he walks around on his knees, and Gary Oldman like played this character. Yeah. I am astounded. And uh, like the point is the, the plot of the movie is that Matthew McConaughey is hiding from his like girlfriend that his whole family has, has like dwarfism and she has to like go introduce them to or, or introduce her to them. And it's like, there's like drama about it, but it's Gary Oldman like walking Oscar, around on his knees. His knees. nominated <laughs> Gary Oldman or winner. I don't know. Gary Oldman. Yeah. Yeah. He was an, he was an Oscar lifetime. winner. Yeah. What? <laughs> Uh, you, well, you look up a trailer at some point for Twink. <laughs> it's called Twinkle Toes or tw- no Tiptoes, Tiptoes because no, he's tiptoeing he's a, around. I don't know. Yeah, on his knees. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> cool. No, I was right. It's, it's Tiptoes. I'm sure. Oh I can't God. remember. Oh lord! I don't right. ever want to see this movie ever. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, like Kate Beckinsale. Peter <laughs> Dinklage was in it. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he felt good. Yeah, I know, for real. Too. Okay. All right, you want to do I know, 15 seconds? Yes, I think we're ready. Now that we've gotten all of that, tiptoes and all, off our chests, Matt, you're going first. I'm going first. You, I am not ready at all for this not one. I said every time. prepared. Okay. okay go. Um, girl is captured by a guy with multiple personalities. Our three girls are captured, and he wants to eat them. And then <laughs> she gets away because she's able to overcome her trauma and abuse to basically fight back. I don't know. That's all I yeah. got. Well, that was like 14 seconds. I'll take so it. Congratulations. Thank you. I can go. Or do you want to make it or whatever? That's fine. We'll give Will as much time as he needs to think. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. No. Right. <laughs> go ahead. Amnite is problematic and James <laughs> McAvoy does a really good performance despite how problematic everything else might be. True. Good work. Uh, oh, you can time. <laughs> I fucking hate this. Why did it come up with this bit? <laughs> I think we're getting worse, too. We are getting worse. It's because I think we thought it through a little more before, and now we're just like, ah, it's True. time. You're just on it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, All right. God. Well, you ready? Sure. As ready as you'll ever be. All right. Okay. Three, yeah. two, one, go. Uh, guy has 23 personalities. 
James McAvoy shows nine of those, kidnaps three (laughs) girls, eats two of them, one of them is spared, the movie ends. Yeah. I'm glad someone got the eating. He did, yeah. All right. He does eat the girls, right? I didn't, I'm not like... He did yeah, eat no, them. he does. He they does show eat him them. actively part snacking. Yeah, he's part of on them. The one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. He's okay. <laughs> Active snackage in her abdomen. And the DID <laughs> allows him to digest full bodies because <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Because the one with this the one with the, the diabetes is gonna be fucked after eating a whole person. Oh, know? that's true. Yeah. I mean, imagine the carbs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. Oh, All right. Lord. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give, yeah, full description now, so bear with me well while I read this. Oh, you're good. Um, you're good. I tried my best to keep this one short, as I always say. But you I'm, never I'm do a, a great job. I'm a speed read. <laughs> this one was, a, this, this plot is all over the place. It's it fun. is all over Which the is place. good. I mean, there's a lot of flashbacks, and you learn information, and there's no good way to present it in written form. Yeah, that's That true. isn't a book. So. Uh, go for it. I'm going to hit it. All right, ready? Kevin Wendell Crumb, a man struggling with DID rooted in history of child abuse and abandonment, has been man- managing to live with 23 identities known as alters for several years with the help of his therapist, Dr. Karen Fletcher. The most dominant of the alters, Barry, has been in control of deciding which personalities get to control Kevin's body, and lately he has not allowed Dennis or Patricia to have a turn due to their belief in a mysterious entity called the Beast who plans to rid the world of the impure. Dr. Fletcher is... Con- uh, concerned when she realized that Dennis has been impersonating Barry during their sessions after questioning him about an incident where Dennis had been left disturbed when two teenage girls had placed his hands on their breasts while drunk. Just outside Philadelphia, Dennis kidnaps three girls, Claire, Casey, and Marcia. When they are waiting in the car of Claire's father to be get driven home from the birthday party, he imprisons the girls in a secret underground lair beneath the Philadelphia Zoo where they meet Patricia, who protects the girls from Dennis to save them from, from for the beast. And a, excuse me, and a nine-year-old boy at uh, the alternate Hedwig, revealed to be the true dominant alter who controls who gets to be in the body, who Patricia and Dennis are manipulating to shut out of the other alters. Uh, the girl tries to escape by going through the vents, manipulating Kevin's alters and communicating with another individual via walkie-talkie, but all of their attempts end in failure. Dr. Fletcher goes to the zoo to talk to Dennis when he claims to have made contact with the beast, a yet-to-manifest 24th personality. But she discovers Claire, so Dennis incapacitates the doctor and locks her up. Then he goes to a train station and boards an empty train car where the beast takes over. The beast, who displays enhanced strength and animalistic tendencies, returns to his lair, thanks thanks to Dr. Fletcher for her help, and crushes her to death. He savagely feeds upon... And kills Claire and Marcia before approaching Casey, but she calls out Kevin's full name, which brings him for- brings forth his original personality. Upon learning of the situation, realizing that he has not been in control of his own body for two years, the horrified Kevin ba- begs Casey to kill him with a shotgun he has hidden. This prompts all twenty-four personalities to fight for control, with Patricia being the victor. She tells Casey that Kevin has been made to sleep far away and will not awaken now, even if his name is called. When Patricia returns control to the beast, Casey retrieves the shotgun and box of cartridges and escapes into a tunnel. She manages to shoot the beast twice before running out of ammo, but he only sustains minor wounds. He moves closer to murder her, but he stops when he sees scars across her abdomen and chest from self-harm, which is related to her having been abused by her uncle and legal guardian both before and after her father's death. Because she is pure, the beast spares Casey's life, and she is rescued the next morning by the police, where it is alluded that she turns in her uncle. And another hideout, Dennis, Patricia, and Hedwig discuss the power of the beast and their plans to change the world. And that's the movie. And then we get a dumb little unbreakable uh, cut. Yep. That was pretty thorough. That was thorough. I'm trying. I <laughs> they like covered well, a lot of it is. They don't talk about the flashbacks at all. There's all these some oh, of the best true. scenes in the movie are the, the flashbacks to the hunting trip with the uncle. 
Both and by best are... scenes, I mean like the most upsetting scenes. You know, yeah, you agree? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I feel like if you took random portions of this movie and stretched it out, you'd have a decent movie. Like he enters, you know, he enters the the <laughs> the bus is the beast, and like it's a good zombie movie kind of setup, right? Like, yeah. but then you've got all of it mixed into one, and it just it leaves you a little dizzy, a little dizzy. I yeah. feel like so. I will say to, to step away from the plot of this movie, watching this reminded me how good of a director M. Night Shyamalan is. I will oh. say like, I found, I, I forgot like how good he is. And I, I was like, you know what? Like plot points about DID aside, like the way he sets up scenes, the way he moves the camera I, I wrote that he consistently places the camera in the most evocative ways and like subliminally upsets you. Um, and like it keeps your eyes and in, in off of where you want to be looking. And it, it like, especially I think that opening scene where they're kidnapped the is just yeah. like, it's scary because of the way he directs it. He directs the shit out of this movie. And I feel like I, I we watched the sixth sense. And I said the same thing. It's like, man, mm-hmm. this guy is, is a good director. He might not be the best writer. Sometimes signs. I really like six Sense, I really like, um, and I maybe would love to see him direct some something else someone wrote. But like, I, I give that man credit. Still, I thought like he. I have I have multiple notes that we'll get to certain scenes. I thought he just did a phenomenal job in yeah. the directing department. I wanted to hype up that scene too, where Kevin first gets in the car, and it only shows. Anya Taylor Joy's face and like mm. her reacting to it, but we don't see him for a good twenty plus seconds. It's just like her reacting, and like we know someone got in the car, and we know it's not the dad because we saw kind of a the dad scuffle out. outside yeah. and food on the ground. But they really make you wait for mm-hmm. it. I thought that that was they, really they put building. your back to the threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, which is so cool. cool. I should also say I'm talking about what I like about this movie. So, Will, is there something you like? (laughs) So, I I know his track record is up and down. I know some movies, some of his movies are terrific and others are like, oh, Lady in the Water, maybe not so much. That kind of thing. I didn't even see that one. But I I do feel like, I do feel like he's super talented. And I feel like he's a talented storyteller. For the most part. I, I think sometimes he, he goes for the gusto too much and reaches for that twist ending when I think his strength is in just sort of like sleight of hand, like a like a really good magician who's doing something with his right hand or wants you to look here, but he's doing something else just off screen. I feel like that's his strength. You know, he did it really well with, I mean, almost masterfully with the sixth sense. I felt like the village was was really well done just in keeping everything hidden until it just sort of appeared. Um, I actually thought Split was a little more in your face. I felt like it was a little less subdued. I, I know we had the scene yeah. early on, and but I, I feel like the movie was, the tension in the movie was in the fact that he was just coming at you at 100 miles an hour with everything up front, which was it felt like a change of pace from... I don't know another movie like that he's done that's similar to Split. I feel like it's Signs, maybe, maybe Signs. Yeah, I feel like the the reveal in Signs was really fast. Like he he showed you the aliens in the first half of the movie. Yeah, 
which was unique. But I feel like this one sets you up like, dude has some really significant issues. Obviously, we know it's DID because, you know, we see we see the personalities early on. Um, yeah, I, I, I liked the movie. I really did. Mental health portrayal aside, I thought it was a really effective, it, would, it was a really effective horror movie for what it was. For a horror movie, though, I will say we didn't say our screaming hide count. Our hide count was a strong zero. And our scream <laughs> count was one. And one? it was you. What did I it scream wasn't at? Even, I have no idea what oh, I screamed at. at. It wasn't me. There was a really fun <laughs> scene funny. of the, the beast running in the background of something. And it was it just the way it was framed just like really got me. It made me happy. Yeah, but it, it was also like made me like scream. Uh, so so does uh does like an oh shit count as a scream? Sometimes. <laughs> I, if there's movies where I oh shit a lot, sometimes I count that as separate. And if there are movies where I like Texas Chainsaw, I was like ew 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 ew, or like I counted those. That's fair. Uh, sometimes I, I count I, how much I jump if I'm not screaming a lot. Yeah. But a lot of times a scream is like an active ah. Like an actual okay. Yeah. So I I think the and only time we had that kind of reaction was when when the beast was eating the girls and yeah. he like looks up and we're like, Oh shit. Like we, we were not expecting that. Like we were expecting it, but, but not like that, you know, there's that, <laughs> that so, crazy clip where he yanks the one girl, like she's yanks her behind. Yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah. So I found this movie, like I, it's, I did find this movie to be like scary, like in a lot of, okay. in a different way, in a, uh, a, a much more like, I guess, unsettling way from a lot of angles. Like I think that the the subplot with the uncle I actually really oh, yeah. enjoy that but it, it, we didn't describe this in the plot but th- that flashes back to lessons she learned while um hunting with her dad and uncle but the whole time it's also being set up that like the uncle is molesting her yeah and it's real and they also set up early that you know that like she has been dealing with some kind of abuse and has like learned to fight back uh from this abuse but it's like really upsetting and i think it's a, a interesting juxtaposition to what's happening in the movie because i think you're also supposed to find her and kevin to be um parallels in a lot of ways mm. where like both are like children of abuse that have like gotten to where they are because of that uh, trauma and i think it is kind of like up until that point their trauma has defined both of them right that's good i, I like to the flashback scenes because they weren't like overly graphic. Like I really, really don't like when a movie is graphic for, with sexual assault in a way that does not serve the film at all. Oh, what they showed there was worse than any graphic and thing they could have shown. They didn't show it, but it is so heavily implied. The let's play animals thing where he's like, I, yeah, I know honestly, I'm saying that but is like, worse. Like I feel disgusting thinking yeah, about but it. But I was glad to not see active assault on my screen. So Agreed. I'm going to give props to that. I also, like I said, I think the performances, at least James McAvoy. There you go. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was also, I also was going to say that is he's so silly in this and it's actually phenomenal. They just like, kind of were like, here are the names and they all have to be different. And one is a child. So go ahead. <laughs> and he was like, thank you. <laughs> isn't Hedwig the name of the, uh, the, the owl in Harry Potter? Yes. <laughs> That's all I could think of too. I was like, why is Hedwig I thought so. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I thought did he did a like, great job. I was about to ask, honestly. did you like his performance? Yeah, I thought he did a great job. I think it's uh, it's hard enough to do one role well. 
but to do yeah to do a you know seven eight nine roles and have to switch characters like midstream that i thought it was uh that was really impressive Um, i'm not a huge james mcavoy fan i don't know why there's something about his overall like delivery that that just maybe bores me a little bit but i thought he was really 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 good in this one um this this might be his uh like best performance, which is kind of funny. What the fuck else is he in besides Chronicles of Narnia? <laughs> he was in X Men. He's in all the X Men movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's where I knew him from before. That were were the X Men movies. Wanted. Um, I remember that. He was in It Chapter Two. Who the fuck was? He I don't at? remember. Him oh in it yeah, yeah, two, yeah. That's right. I really don't like It Chapter Two. So I was to say It Chapter I, Two is pretty forgettable. I yeah, I blocked <laughs> that one out. But yeah, huh. yeah he like. <laughs> I don't know. He he clearly put his whole ass into this too, like I which I appreciate. His, his whole, whole pussy into it. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> and for that, I applaud him. I feel like I I don't know. I feel like the movie is a uh, so I, I really didn't like the unbreakable tie-in at the end. I thought that was dumb as hell. <laughs> yeah, it felt super forced. Like, oh shit, what's Bruce Willis doing sitting there? Like. <laughs> Why is he there? But I feel like if there's any, I want to give M Knight credit because he is he is super talented. I feel like where Unbreakable was a a superhero story. I feel like maybe Split was a a villain origin story of sorts, which you don't we don't get a whole lot of those. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Marvel Cinematic Universe is all superhero origin stories, right? It's rare to see like this is how this guy became whatever. <clears throat> it's also better than most origin stories. I agree. But like, I, like, I, let's I, just I, take another movie. Let's make a different movie and then it, it is just the origin story. Yeah. Know? I yeah. Like we don't I, have I to follow it. that formula. Sorry. I know you're good. I, I liked it. I thought I thought it was a, a good movie. I hated a lot of it, but I, I Chris and I were recording <laughs> earlier and we were talking about it like the new Exorcist movie, I loved it. I hated it though. Like I found yeah. it so annoying. Like what the fuck? Like poor Ellen Burstyn deserved so much better after 50 <laughs> years of waiting for this movie to come her way. Like give me a break. But like I watched it four times, so I'm fine. <laughs> you know, I, like I feel like I felt like split is that for me. Like it's really hate the vehicle by which the movie like moved mm-hmm. forward, but I loved the movie. So whatever. I don't know what that makes me a pain in the ass. Maybe. No, th- I get that. What, what I did, I was watching it and I kept going to Hannah. I was like, Hannah, I was like, I'm sorry. This movie's really good. Yeah. Cause he knew that I, <laughs> I was like, listen, I was like, this movie's, I was like, this movie's really good. I was like, I'm just going to ignore all the problems. And then just like, <laughs> like, I, I, I like, that's it. what I'm saying. Like it. if it weren't using a real disorder, like we've discussed, it'd be great. It would be cool. Cause like you, like it is a good, it's filmed well. The story, like like we said, the acting is great. It mm-hmm. is really it's good at building tension. You know what I realized? It, he yeah. didn't even do his bullshit. There was no twist in this other than the that's, unbreakable he thing. Was saying Sorry, that's right. I just like Earlier, for, I, I know, I just <laughs> I know tension. you said it, but I'm like <laughs> thinking about it. It is very different. I, I was gonna say, and I think when he's not focused on that, like you were saying before, he is a very good like he's he's a good story storyteller, but specifically I think a very good like emotional 
storyteller. And I think oh, I'm definitely I looking at the signs and the sixth sense. And it's like, homie, just do that. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't even need to make a horror movie. Like, give us a drama. Like, you could. Yeah. You are really good, especially when it comes to, I think, the parallels between Casey and um, uh, Kevin in this. Like, I felt things. Like, just do that. Give us more I, of that, man. <laughs> I feel like if he had taken the Casey narrative and turned turned one of the altars into a helpful figure, or if even one of the altars became like a tragic figure in the in the narrative and maybe helped Casey not just get to safety, but like also help in, in terms of like navigating her own trauma, I feel like that would have been a more effective approach rather than this sort of beastly, let me eat people kind of. Yeah, what the uh, fuck? So you know, like- I agree with you, but did, did you see that dolly zoom when he transformed into the beast? I did. Like, I, did. <laughs> I mean, we, you, so you lose like, you lose the, the visual. So like you lose the visual impact of, of scenes like that. But I feel like his best movies, like the sixth sense is, it's just a masterpiece because the horror elements, even though it's a scary movie, the horror elements feel secondary to the emotional elements of the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's yeah. the way, like to me, for him, he's got something to say outside of like, here's a twist ending and like some stupid shit. Like he's got legitimate things to say. And I think the best horror movies really say those things. Well, mm-hmm. like they focus on that and they say it well. And I feel like this movie was almost there and then hey. turned in a different direction. Yeah. Luckily he's I young. Still love we, it. We I know. Can, I know. Yeah. We can still get so much slop and maybe a masterpiece <laughs> from him. Like, and the dude and the dudes, he's got enough money to retire 50 times over and he's just going to, yeah. he's going to do his thing. I feel like mm-hmm. I had a full turnaround on him. I feel like I'm on the, uh, the bell curve, like the, the, oh, yeah. like the memes, the IQ bell curve where it's like the oh, low yeah. IQ is that, M-, M. Night Shyamalan's a really good director, and then the average person is that M. Night Shyamalan sucks, and then the high IQ is M. Night Shyamalan's a really good director. I'm somewhere on the one end of those, either the low <laughs> high IQ or the high IQ, but M. Night Shyamalan rocks. Sure <laughs> Even I, the slot is good. I'm sorry. Even like fucking Devil is kind of good. Oh, Devil was so bad. <laughs> oh, man. It's so fun. And, but that's the thing. I like, I agree with you. I agree with you. It It's the... I don't know. He makes movies that like, uh, what was the one with the old age? What was it? Old. Is that what it's called? Oh, old. <laughs> what the fuck? Like this doesn't even make sense. Like I feel it like he good. tried to come. I f- oh no. I was it like, was I'm never going to get those it. 90 minutes back. I feel like, life. I feel like he makes me lose my mind though. Cause like I said, I, one point in my life, I was like, no, this guy, one point I thought he was cool. And then one point I was like, he sucks. And now I'm back <laughs> to like, you know what? He's good. Uh, so his his newer one uh, was it knock at the cabin or knock mm-hmm. on the door or something like that that was really good. Cabin, yeah I thought that was I, I liked it I liked it I don't like it as much as split but I did enjoy okay I don't know I I, I just think he's got he's got some chops and agreed he's got the sauce when he's on it he's it's like he's on it but then he's got this weird thing where he's like, eh, fuck that. I'm going to do something else. And it just is like, no, no, go back, go back to what you were doing. He can't um, get out of his own way. He can't, but he also swings for the fences, which is like very admirable. And like, sometimes I like a movie that swings hard and misses. You That's, know? Fair. That's fair. I feel that Does way. He- we talked about like us compared to get out, like the movie us. Yeah. I re- I know that movie has like a lot of flaws, but I love the swing it took. And sometimes I like rank it. Oh, I agree. Because of that. 
I think Us is a is a superior movie to Get Out. Whoa, I'm scared to say it. But I also feel <laughs> that that's way why I said it's slow. I I liked Get Out for the singular message it was trying to get across, but I felt like Us was riskier in that it mm-hmm. expanded that idea and really tackled some larger concepts. So I I, I felt like Us was a better movie. Get Out was a better horror movie. I feel like we're having a connection right now because I have said this same thing. People always get really mad. That's why I, want, I didn't want to say like just definitively that I think us is better, but like but you do. I, I do. I, I do definitely, like I definitely, but do Nope is well. my favorite of the three. So, Oh, Sorry. and I didn't like Nope. Oh, oh no. I know. Sad. Yeah. I struggled I with it. I think Nope is the most beautiful movie. One of the most beautiful movies ever filmed. It's gorgeous, mm-hmm. like the cinematography, camera work, all of it. But just didn't work. That was it? It just didn't work for me. I found it. I found it to be <laughs> where it, it swung for the fences, similar to us, but succeeded better than it succeeded on a similar level of Get Out. So that's why I was like, he kind of took the two things I liked. But I do I still really it. like us. I definitely respect it. I so like the concept. Movie. Yeah, sorry. No, 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 you're good. <laughs> you can jump back. <laughs> so we talked about what we liked. We've said we don't like the mental health representation. What else did you say? What else don't we like? What else don't we like? Outside of mental health. Well, I was also going to say the therapist, like we've said, is kind of a dingbat. There is one line that she had that I wrote down that made me mad. She said, my patients are my family. No. Oh, th- no, this, this bitch was unethical as fuck. Yeah. She is so unethical. <laughs> and again, poor representation. Can we not? Now I will leave the mental okay. health piece alone. <laughs> Clients is are there not anything family. that you just really didn't like, Will? Outside of the mental health piece, I, I really thought the movie was fine. I again I didn't like that that surprise ending. Um I wish there's a part of me that wishes that. Um, Casey's character had a, had a little bit more depth. Mm-hmm. I feel like her, her trauma was her story, but I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of development of her character of her character arc. I felt like it was pretty flattened. Um, I, I always worry when, especially when it's trauma related, that it's like trauma is who you are. Trauma is your identity. It felt like her portrayal was trauma is who she is. And yeah, to me, I always worry about that stuff. Um, other than that, though, I, I felt like the movie was was good. I thought it was a good movie. Um, I really don't like that fa- client is is my clients are my family. Like, nope, nope, <laughs> not even not even close. I feel you know. the same about Anya's character. I remember, like, watching this. I was like, they could have cast any. For sure. Random girl in this role because she really doesn't have to, she really doesn't do anything. No. Um, and I feel like one, it's underutilizing someone who has proven to be extremely talented. Yep. And two, yeah, I, I just think that there's not enough layer in this character. There's no personality, like you said, outside the trauma. And that makes it right. boring and also a little icky. Well, I have things to re- re- uh, rebuttal? Go re- rebuttal on that <laughs> trauma thing, but I kind of okay. want to save that for themes unless you guys 
So if you have more th- bad things you want to say about the movie. I think I shit on it enough. I don't think I'm going to complain <laughs> that much. It has the pitfalls of some M9 movies, but it also has the highs of many M9 movies. And uh, I had a fun time with it. Oh, I have a question. Like a real, like, did he make a cameo appearance in the movie? He did. He did? Yes. Yes. I missed Forget it. Where. He I definitely was work. He was uh, showing the security footage outside of the uh, therapist's office. Oh, I definitely missed it. And oh, he had the wings that. or whatever. And was, I forget. They made a joke about him eating like garbage or her eating like garbage. I can't remember. I must yeah, have he works in the therapist it. building. Definitely. Yep. Okay. Because yes. I, I remember getting to the like, end thinking, where the hell was M. Night? Like, I didn't see him. Yeah, I but. Leo pointed meme. To <laughs> <laughs> he can kind of act too, which is also funny. That's true. He he is a pretty decent actor. Um, like for his bit roles, it's him and Scorsese. In signs, I thought he was. I thought he was great in Signs. Yeah. Like this self-loathing sort of you know brooding type. I thought it was good. Huh. All right. I'm, I'm not going to complain too much, but I got to say something about, I, I got to have a rebuttal to the trauma portion. Okay. 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 Are you getting into themes now? Yes. Okay. I'm getting into themes. Do is that it. okay? Yep. Okay. So my read on it is that you, you guys were talking about how like, oh, trauma defines you. The point is that the trauma shouldn't define you and you need to like work to break out of that. And I would say that that's where the parallel changes, right? Kevin his trauma did define him, right? And then the beast comes out because of that, where with Casey, she's allowing it to define her until the end of the movie where Mm. one, she's able to fight back against Kevin and like use what she's learned to get out of that. And then it's, it's alluded to that she does turn in her uncle after all these years of like abuse, she decides to no longer let the trauma define her and like breaks away from the path like Kevin went on. And so I think I wrote, is that like moral was you don't need to let it define you. And you can like, I kind of like the message of like, yeah, it's good for her to stand up against her abuser and like report her uncle. And that's kind of how I saw it. So, and I think it's the, the bad guy is the one saying, Oh yeah, you're pure because you've had trauma. He's all about telling people, let your trauma define you, but he's the bad guy. You're not supposed to agree with him. So that's how I see it. What about you, Hannah? You disagree? I'm still processing. Um, you got any thoughts, Will? I I see it. Um, I see it. I, this is I where I feel like... Yeah, Hannah, go say. say I was yeah. going to say, I just don't feel like it's built to enough for yeah, me to get Yeah, agreed. I agreed. I, I feel like it's a sort of an aside in the movie mm-hmm. as opposed to this like... Again, the character... Her character arc is so flattened that it almost feels jolting to have that her make the decision to report rather than using the, her character to sort of get that idea. Cause I feel like that's an important idea, right? I mean, if you're, if you're someone who's been through abuse, who's been through trauma and there's a, a real situation where you need to contact authorities or report, like, I feel like that's a really important message to drive home throughout from the start of the movie to the end. I don't feel like it, gets you there well enough. It gets you there at the end and it's like, oh, well, she goes, but it doesn't like realistically or at all show how that process can work. Does, does that make sense? Like, No, if, I agree. I feel like the, the beast is so 
aggressive in his in his portrayal and then her character so subdued that instead of being mirror images of one another they just sort of she just sort of well yeah i'm gonna you know she's sort of pat I, I feel like that i felt like she was passive and then she just wasn't so i don't know i see it though i i agree with you in 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 a sense i just feel like they could have done more with that storyline to sort of really get us there yeah no i agree with that and i think that's why i was like i need to think about how to pose this because i understand and that's probably what he was going for that's why that scene is there that's what i feel like the flashbacks are for is to like kind of show her one using things she's learned to fight back but initially she doesn't fight back she doesn't work with the other girls and then by the end she is like fighting back. And I think that that's, I think it's more coming to terms with what had happened to her as part of those flashbacks is what allows her to fight back. And then finally like turn on her, her uncle, which also, holy shit. The fact that her abusive uncle is her guardian after like, yeah, my skin, my skin is crawling. Yeah, for sure. This, I said, those scenes are scarier than (laughs) the horror scenes. Yeah. Yeah. They were. Human monsters are bad. Human monsters are scarier than like made up shit for sure. Yeah. Yes. You know. Yeah. Then guys that can crawl on walls, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, like, uh, and uh, not uh, be penetrated by bullets. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the yep. best kind of superhero slop, actually. Like I, I take this superhero slop over most superhero slop. Come yeah. on. <laughs> I struggle with superhero movies for sure. There are plenty that I like. I recently I have. I like the Batman. The last the ten ba- to fifteen the that we've seen I, that yeah. sucked. But the Batman was really good. Everything after was it really? I have not been happy with. But um, the Batman. Have you seen it? That's fair. No. So we like what we always get to it, and then we're like, but it's it's three hours long. Oh, it's worth and it. Watch it. Yeah. Is it okay? All right, that's fair. It's good. Yeah, it's good. That's fair. I, that's all I'll say. I don't need to rant about it, but it's it's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. Also, it's really hard to see Robert Pattinson is not Edward Cullen. So use it, use it to fuel your enjoyment because oh. I, I, we're big Pattinson fans. So <laughs> okay. we have a picture okay. of Robert Pattinson on our wall. Be really? <laughs> yeah. It was a joke, uh, but he's been up there for a couple years. <laughs> That's uh, funny. In a frame, it's like a art house photo of Robert Pattinson. Um, That's funny themes i don't have any other that, that's themes. all i got sorry i, I, I still everyone's I'm like trauma is cool <laughs> like no, no, a not superpower cool. <laughs> like, no he's the bad guy <laughs> no, I, and i'm like i understand <laughs> but so much of this movie the, the therapist is literally saying oh yeah the therapist is really gifted the therapist is a kook <laughs> though like 100 a kook right that's I like know, supposed to be the point it's so yep. uncomfy <laughs> yeah it's like mental health is a I, superpower I write, question mark. I did write in my notes, poor Kevin frowny face, because I do feel really bad for him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially like, being abused by his mom and the mom's abuse is like as a three-year-old yeah. is what like led to these multiple personalities yeah. to help cope with that. Like, Maybe that would have been a cool story, too. Just doing DID in a nicer light. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah. These are different I, don't would, I don't know that it would be as compelling, right? It'd be something yeah. completely different. I don't know. Yeah. I, I The only thing I can really think of is more M. Night as a whole rather than just this singular movie. Like I feel like I can't think of a movie he's made that doesn't deal with some form of loss in the movie. 
whether it's like death itself or broken relationship loss, that kind of thing. It feels like in some way, for some reason, it like dominates his thoughts and it comes out in, in his films. Um, like the sixth sense is, is a horror movie, but it's really a, a family drama wrapped up in a, mm-hmm. in a horror movie, like cover. And I felt like this a little bit as well. Like they, I mean, he could have picked any kind of trauma in the world. It's not like, you know, Casey's trauma being sexual abuse is a trauma. He could have picked anything. He could have picked any trauma in the world. And yet he chose that one. And so there's a part of me that also feels like, I wonder, I wonder why that specific trauma when really the movie wasn't about that a lot. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like there's something up there in his brain that's just roiling around the concept of loss and death and grief and relational trauma. Um, I think he does his best work in that realm, but I don't know. I, I, I didn't like the concept of trauma as superpower or like oh, something I really didn't like my wife and I really, really struggle with just in horror movies as, as a whole or movies as a whole is the concept that strong female characters require trauma to be strong. (laughs) Like (laughs) I feel like it's a a nonstop trope that exists in just about every movie where you have this strong female lead who, who does amazing things. The backstory is always some trauma they've experienced. And it's like, why the fuck can't women be strong just because women are strong? Like, why do we need some, something, do you see what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) yes. Can you tell them? Does that make sense? And so I I feel like that I'm not saying he's trying to promote that message. It just is another, another movie in a long list of movies that present strength as the result of some deep seated trauma that this character needs to work through, like make her badass because like she wants to live not because of anything else. Like this fucking guy kidnapped her. She wants to live and life is a motivator, not trauma. (laughs) So I don't know. That's my rant. That was the the one thing I was like, oh, I hate this. I hate this part of it. Um, Cause like Anya Taylor, she's a, she's a badass actress, like strong actress. She can handle her, you know, she can handle her own as a lead. She doesn't need help. And I feel like they, they sort of subverted that, that concept a little bit with, well, she's broken and she's bruised and she needs those broken bones and bruises and scars in order to be whole. I don't like that. You got to go watch the menu then. Oh, it's on my list. Chris was talking to me about the menu recently and he really liked it. And I've got a list of movies that I'm like, <laughs> I really, really got to get through sometime real soon. The so menu's fun. It's not like anything groundbreaking, but Ray Fiennes is really good. I had a he's lot of fun. Always it's, it's, yeah, you're right. He's always good. And so he's she's always good, but she is a strong woman in that. And I would say okay. no trauma other than being, well, no, it's a spoiler. I won't yeah, say that. That's not, that's that. not trauma. <laughs> Yeah, you can't say that. <laughs> it is a fun ride through and through. I really, really enjoy that movie, yeah. actually. I've watched it a couple times. Okay. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to say other than can, rate it. Yeah, I think we can get to our ratings, which this is hard for me because I have so many conflicting feelings. I know. I, <laughs> I know. I'm, I've been the one saying, I agree with the problems, however. <laughs> yeah, I know you're going to rate it. However. <laughs> Sometimes a movie just slaps and like, what are you going to do? About <laughs> That's fair. Other than the dumb as hell, uh, unbreakable portion. Oh, but some people so will bad. also like that. 
Um, fine, I'll, I'm going to give it... We're giving it... It's good. It's getting an 8 out of 10 for me. I knew you were giving it an 8. Woo! Yeah, I really okay. enjoy this one a lot. Okay. I just like, while, while, while watching, I'm just like smiling. Like, yeah, this is a well-made <laughs> movie. He's telling this story great. And I ignore the problems. Kind of like how I ignore the problems with The Silence of the Lambs because The Silence of the Lambs also rocks. Like... <laughs> the Oh... It was fine. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was fine. There, there, there are some problems with it, but it, yeah, it was good. It was here's good. what I said about the Silence of the Lambs that I repeat for Split. Oh my God. I am not using this movie to uh, update or justify bigoted beliefs, so it's okay sure. that I like it. Okay, <laughs> sure, that's fair. I know and, better. Know. I know that's not how DID is, so I'm allowed to. I'm allowed to enjoy it. <laughs> Movies are like. Uh, they're sort of like, I don't know. They're, they're set in their context, right? So, like, the Silence of the Lambs being filmed in '90. Yeah. The conversation surrounding so much of that stuff was so different than than it is mm-hmm. now. Yeah. It's not an excuse. It's still terrible. But I I I get it for sure. I'm, I'm I agree with you. Sure. I, I do. I do think it is. That we should be conscious of it, and filmmakers should be conscious of it because you there are people that will use movies to justify like bigoted yeah. beliefs. For sure. But I can't control them. <laughs> I can ask right. for better of filmmakers, but guess what? This, this thing already came out, and I do think that's bad, but it's still an 8 out of 10 for me because I, I have fun with it. That's fair. <laughs> what that's about my you, rant. Will? Oh. As a movie? Uh, I'll give it a 6 out of 10 as a movie. As a horror movie, I give it a 4 out of 10. As an M. Night movie? I give it a seven out of ten. I think it was one of his better, his better movies. Um, but I, I just have I have a lot of trouble getting past some of those really bad parts of the movie, and because because the horror elements are wrapped up in the dissociative identity disorder, you can't. It's hard for me to separate out horror elements as a horror movie from the rest of it. So for me, it has to be a four. At, at best, um, if I watch it again, it might even be lower. <laughs> so. I understand and I respect it. Yeah, uh. <laughs> I was gonna say as an overall movie, I was also thinking a six because I think there are things with the filmmaking that are good and fun, but I can't get past them enough to rate it better because of all the problems. Like it irks me. Like having to rewatch this, even though it was my idea, was in ways agonizing. But I can also recognize the art as something separate. So yeah, that's fair. That's where I sit, dude. When when she says his full name and then it cuts back to him hiding under the bed and his mom saying his full name and then James McAvoy has to go through like four or five different personalities fighting for it. Like it was cinema. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe cinema with a lower case. Scene, but... <laughs> I know. I, I don't want to go back for this movie that hard, but like, I just, uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes a movie's just, it's just fun. You know? uh, yeah. It was I, I do think maybe I have a soft spot. I'm, I'm, or I'm getting the soft spot for Shyamalan. Like, yeah. oh, that's I funny. Know, I don't know where it came from, but... <laughs> it's, 
It didn't used to be that. I used to kind of be a hater. And I think I think I love signs and I love the sixth sense. And I, I realized when you I think when you start to realize like what his shtick is and what he's trying to do, something clicks. And it's just yeah. like Yeah. Well watch it. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. Go go in <laughs> knowing that they're listen to our podcast and then decide whether to watch it. You know. I think that's- I would say I would say watch it, but feel free to turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think had I not paid the first time and not been covering it for this podcast, I don't know if I could have done the whole. You wouldn't have made obviously. it. Not yeah. again, not because it's a bad movie, but because the problems irk my soul so hard. Yeah, I, I agree <sighs> for sure. All right, well, I think we can wrap <laughs> up. Uh, so, will plug your pod again? Oh, uh, the horror lab guys. Um, we dissect the best in horror mostly every week, not recently, but we're getting back to it. Um, pretty straightforward. We pick a movie and we talk about it, bullshit about it for 45 minutes to an hour and uh, pretty free flowing conversation, really zeroing in on themes. And the, the concept is we both feel like horror movies are unique in expressing and communicating ideas that are really difficult to express, right? I mean, horror on screen really conveys strong, powerful messages. And so our goal is to sort of extract some of that. So give us a listen, guys. Be sure to follow, like, subscribe, do all those things. We love it. We hope you love it. And uh, guys, I'm I'm really glad to have jump, jumped in. Um, on the Horror Lab soon, we will have Matt and Hannah on the Horror Lab to discuss we're doing Shutter Island, right? Yeah, which is one of my favorite terrific movie. So I'm excited. That's funny because it's a good movie, but like one of Scorsese's worst. I know just it is. I know, <laughs> but so. it's so good, and it, it's also a movie that deals with mental health and some trauma, PTSD stuff, and oh yeah, all sorts of good stuff. Oh, so yeah. I'm I'm really interested to to dive into some of that. Um, but yeah, guys, thanks for having well, me on. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, this we appreciate was a fun the discussion. One. And I was glad to have someone who has like similar professional background for this one. That's why I suggested it. Cause I knew it would make a good discussion. So I was happy to have, have you on for that. Oh, and I I'm enjoyed happy it. To, even though you're in the minority. Here. <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah, I am fully understand and agree with the, the yeah. points. It's just, you're just a stand. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes can't it's help tough. It. Can't help it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Hannah. Oh, and I'm Matt Hannah. Thanks for joining. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for tuning into Horror Hour with the Hannahs. Make sure to listen to future episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube, and follow for additional content on TikTok or Instagram at Horror Hour with the Hannahs. If you like the podcast, please leave a positive review on your favorite podcasting app. Happy hauntings.